Welcome back to Fleshing It Out with Samantha Spittle. This month, we are tackling the shame trigger of aging. I'm so excited to share my conversation with Danielle Brooks, returning guest again. In her first episode, we talked about dealing with our trauma, you know, really looking at our story and being able to heal and move forward. And I love where this conversation picks up because it's about rediscovering the joy in our life, finding those moments of happiness amongst the hard times from our past. And so if you are walking through a difficult season or if you are unpacking and working through difficult seasons, I would love for you to listen to this conversation because I feel like it gives us so much hope to face all of the things we're dealing with, but also remember to find the joy because doing the work can be really heavy, but it's so worth it. And I love that we get to hear Danielle pick up where she is now and what she's really been doing to rediscover that joy and happiness in her life. So sit back as Danielle and I flesh it out. Don't forget to check out our VIPs, our valuable, insightful partners. You can find them at www.samanthaspittle.com slash VIPs. You'll find people that can help you with additional resources and services to keep fleshing it out beyond the podcast. You know, I think that people naturally start to take stock of their life. You know, as we age, Mm -hmm. we get older, we have, you know, regrets or we have, um, things that we want to do over or try to ignore, or we want to work on. And it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. Where do you start? And you're on the journey. We're on the journey together, right? Well, why don't we jump in and um, returning guest, why don't you introduce yourself? Well, hello. I am so excited to be coming back to the Fleshing It Out podcast. My name is Danielle Brooks. I had a different last name in the last episode. Um, As if any of you listened to the last episode, I did uh, walk through a divorce uh, coming up on two years of it being final at this point. And uh, just due to the coronavirus, different restrictions, it took quite a while to get the name change going. So that's the story on that. But I'm very excited to come back and have this conversation um, into a different aspect of my journey at this juncture in life. It's funny because, you know, talking this, this episode about kind of aging and kind of all the stuff we carry, you know, as we, as we age. And I think a lot of this stuff, it starts to reveal itself over time, right? If you're paying attention. And last time we talked about kind of walking through trauma and healing from trauma. So definitely go back and listen to that episode. (laughs) Um, And so today I'm excited because you've been doing the work, you know, and, and the work looks different for everyone. And, but I'm excited to kind of hear more about the work you've been doing, because I think that if, if someone's listening to this, there is a part of them that I would guess is like, am I doing the work? what work do I need to do? I don't know, because that's kind of some of the questions I would ask. And so I would love to hear kind of what you've been doing and how we can kind of take some notes on that from a woman who's walking the walk. Thank you. So some of the the work that I did was um, some individual therapy, you know, talk therapy, as well as um, during my divorce, I was a part of a divorce recovery group. But I, I did get to a point where um, and it was just 
an internal feeling that I knew it was time to move forward in another step of healing, where I acknowledged all that had happened. Part of, of that um, therapy and divorce recovery, it was not just about my marriage. I really took that opportunity to focus on myself and do some deep digging inside my soul around some different childhood traumas, things I thought I had dealt with before, and really mapping out how some of those unhealed areas had shaped my decision making and or just impacting my relationships and other choices in my life. And I think everyone gets to that point when you walk along that path where you can get stuck in regret, stuck in looking back at all the missed opportunities or making a different choice to acknowledge, own, mourn. You know, I had grieving. I had to just let go um, of some things while I I still may have dreams. I, I can't go back to age 20. I can't go back to age 30 or whatever those different pivotal moments are where if I had just turned left, you know, there could have been this other outcome. So yeah. you, you mourn, you mourn, uh, for me, that also looked like, um, building a little bit of an altar, you know, at some of those points, um, and a big culminating effort for me came about when my 50th birthday was approaching and, and trying to really figure out how to celebrate in the midst of the pandemic. Um, again, it was, a, it was a, a switch that just clicked for me that I didn't want to stay stuck in um, healing mode. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was a conscious choice that I made. And so I would say anyone, you know, at that point, have your emotions, don't suppress them, move through them, but kind of listen to your intuition, listen to yourself, your spirit will guide you when, when you're healed enough to move forward. And it, it's just like flexing any new, you know, muscle you haven't used yes. <laughs> ever or in a long time that you have to ease into it, um, ease into what that looks like. And, and so for me, that looked like stopping therapy, um, you know, deciding mm-hmm. I, while I enjoyed and gained so much from the re- recovery group, I I found it was taking me a little backwards at a point, Mm -hmm. you know, because I am very sensitive and connecting with the other people in the group. And so for me, I needed to shift out of those environments and find some other environments. Uh, And so moving to celebrating my birthday, um, I started off just thinking I would make a top 10 list of something um, about myself, you know. It went from that to probably over a hundred different things. I had categories. I remember because I follow you and I remember seeing that and all the things we had in common and that was great. And I had so much fun and it it was good to uh, think about, again, even as some of those moments that I look back on, they also had painful moments there as well, but it was good to look back and discover the joys that were there as well and the simple pleasures that um, 
made me who I am and maybe some things that I had forgotten, uh, you know, so I went down a path of, you know, my favorite books and television shows and music and different points in time, different people that had been positive influences on me. Um, and that helped me even, again, like I said, if you, if you think about the different path, but you know, you're on the path that you're on, you made the yep. decisions that you make, you make peace with it and you, you bring it all in with you at this moment. And so that was kind of like just this autopsy of my first 50 years of, yes. you know, uh, again, I had done the hard, deep drudgery of walking through the mm. trauma, which was necessary yes, to yes. grow, but then to realize that there was joy along the way, there was happiness, there were, uh, again, things that I wanted to pull into my future, I wanted to reconnect with the little girl inside of me. Um, that like to dance, that like to uh, sing, that likes to just laugh. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, you know, there's a, a term going around toxic positivity. Mm -hmm. And I had struggled with, with, you know, is that me? Mm -hmm. um, that can be a trauma response. And yeah. again, part of infusing it together was getting healed enough to know if I was denying my reality, but also yeah. healed enough to understand that it's okay to be a positive person in this world. Yeah, there are some definitely. things about me that, you know, while trauma may have exploited it into a very negative space, mm -hmm. some of those things about me are good and, and they're right and they're needed in the world. Um, you know, it's that's with like coping mechanisms, something yes. that um, our therapist had kind of helped me with is in my brain, I think I got to this place that coping mechanisms are bad, you know, because they are part of a trauma response right? and realizing that they obviously protect us and keep us safe. And, you know, they in and of themselves, they're not bad. You know what I mean? It's kind of just taking it to the extreme, but right. you said something uh, acknowledging the grief that's involved when we unpack our stuff. And I think that so often we're afraid to unpack it because of that grief that we go through. But I often say, um, the work is worth it. You know, other people say it too, you know, the work is worth it, mm -hmm. but it's hard when you're in the midst of that grief to feel that. And I, what I love about kind of your story and where you're at now, when we spoke before you were in that you were doing the work and I feel like you were starting to come out the other side. And now it's, you know, probably what a year, at least a year, maybe more mm -hmm. later, and so to kind of just, I think when you have people that are on the journey, like ahead of you a little bit, mm -hmm. it's that kind of, it's that turning back and cheering for the people still, you know, that are in the race to like, come on, it's worth it. And to be reminded that as we heal, we're able to find more of the good and the positive and to help integrate it. Cause it's so easy to just want to wipe out entire seasons of our life, especially the hard things and finding those little nuggets of joy and realizing that they're part of us too. So it can all have space, hold space together. Yes. Yeah. I, I think the grief, the grief was important for me 
because I was a person who did not have a lot of self-worth. I didn't Mm. feel like my pain was as bad as somebody else's. And so Mm. I would tend to, again, in my positive nature, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's not that bad or, you know, you're okay, you're healthy, you know, but you, you pulled through. And, And so it took me really getting, like you said, holding space for my own grief to recognize that it's not a grief Olympics, you know, it's not yeah. a pain Olympics. Yes. Like I don't have to get the gold in trauma to be able nope. to have grief or to be sad or to, yeah. you know, walk through a season of mild depression or whatever that looks like mm-hmm. that I acknowledged that it hurt and um, allowed myself to, to feel those feelings was was big for me. Um, I think talking more about it in, in a healthy way, you Mm -hmm. know, I I think you have to find your people (laughs) that can handle and hold space with you and for you. Um, especially now because so many people are are going through so much, but I Mm -hmm. was very fortunate to have, um, a couple of really good friends that I, um, in some cases was able to reconnect with, um, that was something I, I grieved, you know, with all in, in my marriage and really in an unhealthy way had let go of a lot of deep, good friendships. And so mm-hmm. as, as great as people are, they welcomed me back in some relationships. It was like, it never, you know, like we never stopped talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was good to have people to just be able to process some of that with, to cry with, um, that didn't feel the need to try to resolve anything or fix anything, just listen to me. And as a woman of faith, I, I think it also helps to disarm the tools of the enemy because mm. anything that's in the darkness, he can use to mm-hmm. keep you in that shame space and keep yes. you in the space of condemnation. And so when I could you know, be able to speak these things, to reclaim my self-worth, to know that I am a person of value, my pain is valid. I don't need the people that hurt me to validate it, but it, it's valid. It, it removed a, a big portion of where the enemy was working against me, you know, just in my mind oh, and yeah. keeping me kind of trapped uh, in my mind. So I would tell anyone that's on the journey, you know, to find those people, I, I call it find your helpers. You know, I prayed yeah. for like, God, show me my helpers, show yeah. me the people that can bear this weight with me and mm-hmm. um, help me through this season. And I, I think that is important. Yeah. And, you know, something, because we're kind of talking about this, this idea of aging and carrying these things, you, you mentioned about reconnecting with old friends. And I know that, you know, all these different seasons of life, you know, if you're a parent and kind of how that happens, marriage relationships that, you know, pull us away, whether they're healthy or unhealthy, you know, all the things. Mm -hmm. So how did you reconnect with some of those people? How did you start that conversation? Because I think that's, you know, it's that fear that holds us back, the fear of rejection and all that. And so kind of just sometimes taking the first step is so important. So how did you start to lean into that? It is so important. So um, 
I'll say two different friend groups. In one group, um, these are friends I've had from high school. And, you know, we kind of had that, you stay in touch via Facebook. Um, but two of these ladies I was super close with for a number of years, even after high school. And then we, it was just a kind of a Facebook watching our kids grow up. Yeah. Um, but I, I took that step to just kind of go in the inbox and really, you know, open up about what was going on in my life. And, you know, again, it was early in COVID. So it was like, can we do a Zoom? You know, just I was doing Zoom for work for everything. But, uh, and they were so gracious. And, and we, we started some Zoom conversations. And um, I'll just say, I think you hear that saying, you know, hold on to your girlfriends, because they might yeah. be the longest relationships that you have yeah. in life. And, it, it was wonderful that they, we just picked right up, like we never stopped talking and they were so supportive of me. And then another group were some friends I had from college um, and we had done some, you know, girls trips and things together. But like you said, life gets in the way. It's not always about unhealthy relationships, just life yeah. gets in the way. And um, I'll say that's kind of my fun group. So we had some fun monthly Zooms where um, there's another kind of, we call her the gatherer, the gatherer in that group that she kind of just pulled us all in during COVID and said, we're going to do this monthly thing. And so we've done Zoom facials together. We've just dished. Um, but I, you know, I was able to find myself being vulnerable in that space um, mm -hmm. as well. But that I needed that kind of fun group uh, to, to, again, just to rediscover laughter mm -hmm. and silliness and the woman that I am outside of just the mom box, the work box, the divorcee, mm -hmm. you know, but just just rediscover me as the woman um, relating with other women just for fun. Yes. <laughs> and for people that have known me again, even if, if it was um, not continually, but have known me over 25 years, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, that that was a very safe space for me to be able to you know, let them know some of them, you know, maybe not on be on, not on social media. Mm -hmm. So they weren't even aware that I was yeah. divorced and, mm -hmm. um, they were just so supportive though. So you, yeah. you'd be surprised at the friends that you have. Um, and I'll add one more group, you know, our first friends, our cousins. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, my, my family is, is wonderful. And, um, had opportunity to, you know, have some, some cousin chats. So that, that was yeah. good as well. I found similar, um, reconnecting with, with older friends, you know, after walking through a difficult season myself too. And I just, I, I was surprised actually at the healing that came from connecting mm -hmm. with, you know, just friends who've known me for a really long time and through many different seasons of life and kind of being open and vulnerable with things I was going through now it allowed me to experience the joy with them, you know, cause we're kind of talking about this whole aging and, and, um, you know, integrating and whatnot. And I think when you're carrying a lot of heavy stuff, we put so much energy and especially if you're doing, even if, you know, you're doing the work of the healing and everything, it's just, it's so heavy. And when you are carrying it and you're trying to shield it, I think that expends so much energy. And I thought if I share the stuff, the real stuff, with people, it's going to be too heavy. It's going to be too negative. And what I found is that, and this was said early on in the podcast, I think with my, one of my first guests, Rebecca Bertram, you know, about how 
when we share with others, it helps lighten the load, you know, it, it Mm -hmm. divides grief and, um, and multiplies joy. And man, this past year, it's, it's just, wow. The more I share with the trusted, safe people, the Mm -hmm. grief stuff, it really lightens it. And then it able, I'm able to make room for the joy. And we, I think we live in this culture where it's like, and you'd mentioned the toxic positivity, like, okay, if we just, if we just push it over here, keep it in this department, then we can have fun over here. Like, oh, it's so much better when it's all to, you know, integrated, we kind of integrate it all. Yeah. And I mean, I'm laughing because I'm thinking about, I know there's nothing that's like TMI for your podcast, but even in, you know, you, you have the lightening of your grief, but then practical things that, you know, you think about aging and and you feel like you're the only one having this problem or that problem. And so we have swapped like, girl, this is for my thighs and, oh, you can't (laughs) sleep. And, you know, get this pill, yeah. take the collagen. Like, and it's like, wait a minute, you yeah. know, oh, we'll try these honey pot panty liners, you know, <laughs> because we need some extra assistance mm-hmm. at this age. Like, <laughs> yep. I had a whole conversation about the boob sweat since COVID because yeah. we're all wearing more comfortable clothes. Yes. And I told her, I was like, yeah, I'm the boob sweat, but I love these bras. They're super comfortable. And she was like, Oh my gosh, I never would have said that. Like, I thought I was the only one. I was like, no, I know it's not just us. Cause there's a lot more going on, a whole lot going on. Yes. And it's been good to have that space because, um, you know, we're in a youth focused culture at, you know, fifties, mm-hmm. the new 40, you yeah. know, all these things. And I think it, it makes it challenging just to feel comfortable at your age yeah. and, you know, whatever it is and embracing, I'm not saying, you know, let yourself go, but just to let yourself be, be exactly be yeah. where you are at the age you are. Uh, so having those friends that have known you and being able to experience this life where we are together right now, yeah. but they're reminding you of, of also who you are. So you can yeah. have your evolving personhood, Mm -hmm. but also be reminded of all the great, wonderful things that you possess and why, why they value you as a friend, um, is, is important, but yeah, we, we swapped all kind of honey lists (laughs) like, oh, you can't sleep either. Oh, your thighs are rubbing together with you know, what, what are the new spanks? What do we need? What, <laughs> what are the things solve these problems? <laughs> what are the things that no one's talking about that I need to know about? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I, so I was thinking about, you know, we talked about kind of grieving, finding the joy again, and Earl, you know, you had mentioned kind of this autopsy of life and how you, when you mm-hmm. walk through your 50th revisiting. So if someone wanted to say, okay, I'm doing the work, I want to rediscover the joy. How can they start doing an autopsy of their own life? Where I started was I'm, I like to write, I like to journal. So I really started with one question because I'm a naturally curious person. And so I kind of did my own self-coaching and I just started with a kind of a prompt. When was the last time that I felt truly happy? And so where I started was a time when I was in the military and I just listed like five or six things that were happening in my life at that time. And um, from those things I listed, that's where the, the other list started because it was about 
you know, well, I'll say I was really in shape. I used to run and like, prepare for, I laugh now. I can't even imagine. I used to prepare for like a half marathon, but I was like, I was running. I was listening to this music. I would dance, you know, I was doing these things. And so then I took each one of those things and um, dug a little bit deeper into those things. But I, I really focused it on when was I last happy? When could I first remember? And then from that age, I would kind of take it back a little bit farther. When, when did I remember being, what was happy about high school? Because at that age I started, I was early 20s. Um, and then maybe if I wrote out a certain song, you know, it was a, a reminder of some other event, you know, the prompt, whatever it was. And, and it was kind of this web of, of just my happiness journey mm, in yes. my life. Uh, that was my start point of my question. You know, when, when was I last happy? What, what, you know, what smells, what foods, yes. where was I, you know, and really taking the time to try to envision um, myself in those moments and, you know, in the, in the world before we had a hundred pictures for everything, you know, you might only have one or two pictures. So it really was an exercise of taking myself down memory lane, um, with a happiness filter for, for my life. I wonder, I'm curious now. So if you, so I feel like if we are not in touch with kind of, uh, I don't know if reality is the right word, but if we're living in denial, we'll say, okay, just mm-hmm. kind of everything's great. Always silver mm-hmm. lining, you know, that toxic positivity being in that mm-hmm. mindset, then everything's great. There's no problems. And then you start peeling back the layers and you're mm-hmm. like, wow, there really is a lot of hurt there. There is a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, trauma. And like you said, that word trauma, there's it's, it's not an Olympics. So that's just, I like the definition as trauma is anything we experience that we are not able to handle emotionally. Mm-hmm. So then it's different to everyone, you know, there's exactly. All yeah. And so we start peeling back that and it can get to that negative space. And so I'm wondering, it's almost like the pendulum, you know what I mean? So you go from one end and it's like, everything's great. There's no problems. And then suddenly everything has that negative filter. Mm-hmm. So now it's kind of forced, you know, not forcing yourself, but it's almost like finding the positives throughout it to help remind yourself that it's there too. And it can yes. be simple joys. Like, you know, we had this year with the Super Bowl, the halftime show, you know, they said, basically it's like anyone from thirties to fifties is <laughs> like, yes, this yes. is our, like, this is those teenage and college years where just <laughs> life is good. And it's amazing yes. how a song can just light you up. And I was scrolling uh, Instagram the other day and a woman had on Brandy's song, I think, I don't remember if the title's right, but I think it was like sitting up in my room or something. Mm-hmm. It's one of her early hits. It. Yes. And I was scrolling and it was just, I didn't know the people and I scrolled and I heard that, like just the opening. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And I went back and I watched this woman's whole video, her just dancing <laughs> and lip syncing. And, and I like, I even commented, I was like, just so you know, I literally like swipe, but then came back to you because I heard that song. Oh, and it just brought me back to what I was, when I was sitting up in my room thinking about yes, you. Yes. And I, I, love thought, it. I had the biggest smile on my face and I was like, oh my goodness. Like I need to rediscover that joy because, you know, mm-hmm. I get sometimes so heavy that who would have thought just a simple song that I remembered, you know, jamming out to is yeah. now suddenly 
I don't know, just kind of filling, filling that part of me, like, oh, she's still there. And that's, oh yes. I want to, yes. The, she's still there. Kind of how can we find that, that little girl inside of us, you know, yeah, joy. So, but I love yes. that prompt you started with too, the, when was I happy? When, when did I last feel truly happy? And I, I'll qualify it for myself. Um, yeah. I was a person and we shared on the last podcast, I really was living life in the before times where I thought I could just outrun my past, that I could Mm. achieve enough to just close the door on all the icky stuff. Um, And I had rehearsed my trauma story very Mm. well. I knew every person, every moment, every time I felt lonely, rejected, abandoned, I had that story down pat. And for me, it was a story of overcoming. Like I had all this stuff happen to me and look at me now, you know, mm. I'm a veteran. I've achieved this. I have a master's yes. degree. I'm, you know, at that time I was married, like I had two little perfect kids oh. and I was just gonna achieve my way out of my past or again with the church pray praise my way out Mm -hmm. of it it's it Mm -hmm. happened suck it up you know god is good Mm -hmm. he redeems but i never dealt with it and Mm -hmm. so the happiness filter for me was to go back and reclaim the rest of my story that my story of my origin is not only the bad it's not only the trauma. I had to go back and, you know, pull the pieces of me from my childhood on the the happiness pieces, that the pieces that make up the whole. I am not just this, you know, person that experienced all these terrible things and then got healed and now today. So that was part of my processing because that's how my mind works in a very compartmentalized kind of black and white thinking. So I had to move through uh, and break through again, my own mindsets. And so that was part of it. And and a big, um, you know, catalyst for that was Crystal Evans Hurst book, She's Still There. And it's all about rediscovering the little girl inside of you. And, you know, like I mentioned, I had, I could tell all my painful stories, like nobody's business, but doing that work to recover the happy parts of my childhood, the the parts of me that just make me smile and, you know, that it's not all gloom and doom. The gloom and doom is there, but there, there were other positive things as well um, uh, along the way. Yeah. It's funny with the happiness. And I was talking about the pendulum because I was thinking of like where I am. And for me, like I started um, EMDR therapy recently and um, I've had headaches since I was a kid and it's funny. You talked about how you had your story rehearsed, like not like you had rehearsed your trauma Mm -hmm. story Mm -hmm. and I'm, you know, as I'm unpacking my stuff and I'm still kind of in the midst of it, you know, but it's like, there's things that I can talk about. And of course my coping mechanism, laugh, joking and, you know, lighthearted. Um, but it's amazing because as I'm unpacking more, I'm realizing, wow, there's a lot of emotion tied to that. And Mm -hmm. so it's almost like the opposite end of the spectrum of what you talked about, where I didn't see any of my stuff as traumatic as trauma, you know, everything was just, you know, oh, when this person said this to me, can you believe that? (laughs) Ha ha ha. 
And then, mm. you know, now I'm sitting and unpacking my stuff, trying to get to the root causes of some stuff. And I'm like, wow, that's really painful. But like, yeah. you know, you said earlier, it's that painful Olympics where it's, well, it's not as bad as X, Y, Z or this or that, but I'm finally getting to that place with myself and my own healing where, oh, it doesn't, you know, we're not comparing that was really painful for me mm-hmm. and kind of needing to, um, so for me, it's like with that integration, we talked about, it's kind of like acknowledging the grief, acknowledging that girl in me, who's really yes. sad. Um, and then it goes back for me with the pendulum. Cause it's like, oh, everything's fine. And then you go back and, and forth. And so I love the kind of, the, I'm grateful, you know, to hear your perspective and then it's, you know, helping me think. And if anyone's, you know, for people listening, if they're thinking how it's just so interesting, how our stories can be so different, but we can benefit from all of the things, like we can learn from each other and kind Absolutely. of use those tools. So in my adult life, I was kind of where you are, where within my marriage, it was just like, oh, it's not that bad, you know? And then I would, you know, when I began to open up to people, you know, just to see their face, like, oh my God, (laughs) what happened to you? (laughs) And you realize like, oh yeah, maybe that is why my chest, you know, like, I feel like I can't breathe sometimes. (laughs) This was traumatic. I do need to pause here and work through this. So no, I totally, totally relate. Yeah. 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 And the thing I feel like I've come and come and see, it's this whole, the inner child, inner child. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you said earlier about not wanting to be too woo, you know, I don't want to go too far over here. (laughs) And and I always joke with the podcast, you know, the first season of the first, you know, half of the first season, it's like, oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. And then now I'm like, you guys, all the woo woo was right. It's all this inner child (laughs) stuff. It's all this healing we have to do. So um, anyway, so that's why I always like, yep, it is all about that inner child. So tell me more about she's still here. So for as people are kind of going through this journey, going through aging, integrating it all, how to how to kind of see that inner child. Sure, I will. So this um, author is a Christian author, Crystal Evans Hurst, and she shares openly her story of, you know, she was a teen mom. She's a preacher's kid, a PK, Mm -hmm. ended up being an unwed teen mom. And, um, you know, what what that meant in in that circle in terms Mm -hmm. of feeling like this is your path now, you know, just kind of put your head down and and just be grateful that you didn't get, you know, kicked off the planet because you messed up. Um, And coming into her 40s and realizing that she still had dreams and that God could redeem even those parts of her story that someone might think would not give glory to God. That is, if she turned it over to him, you know, he, he could get glory from it. And, and so it's about having compassion on the little girl inside of you. And that's the little girl all the way up to whatever age. It's not necessarily just, you know, it's starting with that young inner yeah. child, whatever those different things that were spoken to you. Like you said, some of them, maybe no one meant it to harm you, you know, how siblings joke around weight or, you know, whatever those issues are, but realizing that sometimes it imprints upon you and it it causes you to react and respond differently all the way through your life. Um, So she kind of guides with her own story, helping, you know, women or her, or her audience um, 
to really have compassion on the little girl inside of you, number one, for what she didn't know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, what, you know, what happened to her, um, the choices that she made, and then reclaiming the purpose and plans that she still might want to achieve. What were the dreams that you had Mm -hmm. as a little girl? And she's a firm believer in, you know, as long as you are still living on the planet, you have the uh, opportunity to realize dreams. It may not look like what it could have looked like, again, if there are different physical limitations or what have you Mm -hmm. at our age, but that we don't have to feel like our dreams are dead because we didn't accomplish them at 25 or 30. That as long as we're here, we can find ways to still have value, to still find purpose, to learn new things, to find those things in our childhood, make sense of them, heal from them, but also glean the, 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 maybe the dreams we left behind because of, again, bad choices, what happened to us. Um, But no, we don't have to accept that, that we can bring her on into our current phase of life that we're in and have her right there alongside us cheering us on as we, you know, conquer those demons, but also as we grow, learn, and move into purpose. Uh, and we're not starting, you know, at a, at a lack, we're starting with wisdom. We're starting with all of these experiences mm-hmm. that can help us go farther faster when we embrace all of that. Um, and so for me, that was huge because I was a compartmentalizing person. And yeah. I think that's why things always felt so hard because I wasn't willing to, to bring and integrate all those pieces of me and, and, and to get comfortable with all of it and to be confident in who I was. So that, that book was wonderful to help me get to that, that space. And I, I think just at a certain age, you again, you can either succumb to this youth filled Mm -hmm. world or maybe just our culture. I don't know. I'm in America or you can say, yeah, bring it, bring it. You know, I have all my age, wisdom, experience. I'm bringing it all to bear. I'm fully uh, embracing every aspect of who I am, what my life has, um, you know, unfolded and I'm, I'm ready for the next thing, you know, just bring it on. Love that. <laughs> so what is life? So as we're wrapping up, what does life look like? What is one, what's something that's either changed or you've leaned into more now that you've embraced this kind of integration of all the things, all the work you've done? Um, I mean, one major thing, um, just thinking about aging is being fully comfortable and confident in my age. Uh, I, you know, God bless anybody who doesn't want to share their age. I'm happy to say I'm 50. I think with the amount of lives lost during this pandemic, mm-hmm. I, I'm never going to be ashamed <laughs> of my yeah. age uh, that that I that I am. It has also given me just confidence. I have a confidence. My journey with the the lack of you know, feeling whole or Mm. feeling worthy, I would operate in this very false humility, like, you know, just beneath, like, I didn't want to bring too much attention to myself because I didn't want to feel like I was operating in pride. But then I, I realized that that's pride. You know, I can have confidence in who God created me to be. And it's about his 
creation. I'm his creation. So I'm bragging on what what God is doing. (laughs) It's not about me. And so I'm going to fully embrace every gift and skill that I have and no longer shrink back. And what that looks like is um, I'm a part of a sorority, one of the divine nine African-American fraternity and sorority organizations. I've moved into leadership in a local chapter uh, that I'm a part of. I have done more um, public spoken word things. I, I write poetry. I've for many years would never say that, that I was a writer, that I write poetry, but you know, I'm not published, but I'm a writer and I'm a poet and I perform it and I do it unapologetically. And, um, you know, professionally, I uh, recently, you know, went for a promotion at work and it it took, I, I applied on the very last day that the job had been open for like 30 days because I really was still feeling like, oh, I don't know. I'm still kind of new in this nonprofit space, but I had to remember you're, you're not new to this. You're, you've, you have 25 years of professional experience. They've trusted you with this position. You are qualified. And I'm mean, had to talk myself through it. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. And, and I, I, you know, I recently got promoted. So I'm just, I'm happy about where I am. And I, I think just as we embrace all of who we are and bring all of our experience to bear, it, it, it just frees you up in a way to go after things that you may have felt either you missed the time that a time has passed for you, or you didn't feel, you know, you were worthy of. So I, I'm at a place where it's like, go time, go for it. <laughs> Congratulations on the promotion. And I love Thank hearing you. all the things you're doing. This is such a perfect way. As I said earlier, the work is worth it. It, <laughs> you know, to walk through the difficult seasons, to revisit those seasons in order to heal, um, to dive into the things we need to do to, to reclaim our joy and find that little girl. I think it's just such beautiful to see you on this journey. And I look forward to continuing to see and follow you. And I just share, thank you so much for sharing, you know, your, your story and a window into the work you've been doing and the joy that you've reclaimed. So. Thank you so much, Samantha. One final book recommendation yes. is Everything Belongs by Richard Rohr. Uh, the, it's a contemporary, Ah, contemplative prayer book, but it helped me really integrate my um, Christian beliefs along with other, just tapping into my spirit um, Mm -hmm. and the things that would just wouldn't let go. And, And maybe people have those moments, you know, seeing sequential numbers or, you know, you just wake up with the same thought in the middle of the night and, you know, was it pizza? Did I just watch a show? But really being able <laughs> to tap into your spirit, you know, again, not in this far out way that, you know, might yeah. be fearful, but really understanding and expanding yeah. uh, our capacity to, um, to understand our place in the universe and to, again, open ourselves up to that internal intuition that is leading and guiding us. It's not scary. You, you know, you don't have to, you're not selling your soul out to anything, but yeah. it, it's really, his work really helped me make sense of all that. And again, bring all that into who I am now that, 
you know, I, I'm still a woman of Christian faith, but I, I look at signs. I don't just look at them as coincidences or things mm-hmm. that I won't, um, you know, just pass by, but I, I take notice more yeah. um, of, of those different things. Yeah. I remember when you shared your, your journey, you know, leading up to, to 50. And I think there's just such power in the, the things we're learning along the way. And, and so many people are curious, you know, sitting on the sidelines, wondering about their own journey. And I think just knowing that other people are doing the work and it's worth it is, is, uh, helps us all along on that, on our own paths. So thank you. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, where we explore growth and healing through vulnerable conversation. Our hope is that you feel seen and find tools for growing resiliency and tackling your own growth and healing. Be sure to subscribe and check out the VIPs and other resources at samanthaspittle.com. This has been a Spitfire production. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard.